Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Babel on Tama. Today we're studying Daf Kuflam and Gimel of Masech Tashabbos, Daf 133. Let us do an overview before we begin. Um, cool. So at the beginning of the Daf today, the first part is going to continue on our discussion of um, doing Brismila when it involves removing Tsara'as. Um, we're then going to discuss the source for how do we know that um, when a bris is done not at its proper time, well then it's not docha yamtiv. How do we know that? In the mistamak of homer that it's not docha shabbos. Um, and then on the amud bet we're going to spend some time talking about tzitzin ma'akvin and tzitzin she'enan ma'akvin, which means the part of the orla that you know there are there's I guess certain parts of the orla that if they are not removed, so it would be ma'akev, and the bris would be considered puzzle, and other parts that if they are left there, um, it's not necessarily the end of the world. And I think that on Daf Kuflam and Zayin, we're going to sort of explain more what those things are, but in for now, I think it's just enough to know that there are certain things that, um, if not removed, would invalidate the brismila, but if other things that if they're not removed, it would still be um, kosher. Okay. Um, we are going to begin on Daf Kuflamid Gimel, about four, uh, well, four lines into the page, where the Gemara says, Omar Mar, we said earlier, Right, so we had we, the last thing that we discussed yesterday was machlovs between Rabbi Yosha and Rabbi and Rabbi Yonason. So Rabbi Yonason, well, Rabbi Yosha said, "How do we know that you can remove tsaraas when there's tsaraas on the orla?" So Rabbi Yosha says, "Well, we have a pasuk says Simol. Even if there is tsaraas, you could still." Do the brismila and remove the tsaras. Rabbi Yosha said, so Rabbi Nasan, whoa, I keep on messing these names up. Rabbi Yonasan says, however, that, um, you could just learn it out logically, right? That if Mila is doche Shabbos, Kavachomer, it's doche tsaras. Fine. Now, the question is, how come, according to Rabbi Yosha, we need a pasuk to teach us that you can remove the tsaras? Right, Amar we said earlier, Bisar, Bisar, Rabbi says, look, the Pazi says Bisar, from which we learn out that even if there is Tsara'as on the Orla, you can nonetheless remove the Orla. Why do I need a Pasuk to teach me this? It's not intended, I don't intend, it's not my intention to remove the Tsara'as, it's intention to remove the Orla. It's, intent, it's my intention for me to perform the mitzvah of brismila. The fact that there's tsaras on the orla, I mean, it's not my intention. And it's interesting to see davashin and being applied outside of the context of Shabbos, right? Until now, we've been assuming davashin and always within the context of like doing a malacha on Shabbos, right? Dragging a bench in a field on Shabbos. Here, we see davashin and being applied within the context of brismila. Kelu, I'll do the brismila. And as part of that, I'll also be violating the, um, you know, iser of removing tsaras. And so the Gemara wants to say, well, that should be no problem because it's Zavashen Muscovin. I'm not intending to remove the tsaras. Uh, my intention is to do the mitzvah of Brismila. Now, you might be thinking, Psikreshe, we'll get there. 
Okay, but that's the Gemara's kasha. Okay, Allah Malikra, why do you need a pasuk to tell me that I'm allowed to remove the orla, even if it means that it means that Mimela, I'm going to be removing the tsaras? And we know that a davrish miskavin is permitted. So Bayi says, well, the pasuk is really only needed for Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that davrish miskavin is forbidden. And therefore, even though it's not my intention to remove the tsaras, the fact of the matter is, even if it's not my intention, it's still forbidden. And therefore, we need the pasuk to teach me that you can remove the orla, that you can do brismila, even if it is going to be removing tsaras. Fine. What about according to Abshimin? We'll get there. El, um, fine. Rava Amar. Rava says, Afilu you can even say that the Pasuk is required for Rib Shimon as well. The thing is, this isn't a Davashen Miskavin. Moda Rib Shimon, This is a Psikreshevloyamus. This isn't, you know, I'm just not intending to remove the Saras. I mean, Davashen Miskavin is when the unintended thing may or may not happen. So we say, look, do the, do what you want to do. Hopefully nothing problematic will happen. In the event that something problematic happens, well, it wasn't your intention. Here, it's a psikreshe, right? If I remove the head from the chicken, obviously it's going to die. There's no chance that it's not going to die. Here also, by removing the orla, of course I'm going to be removing the tsaras, memela. The tsaras is on the orla. So this, therefore, it's a psikreshe. So, therefore, since it's a psikreshe, and I might think that um, I shouldn't be able to do brismila when there is tsaras, because Mimela, I'm going to be removing the Tsaras. So therefore, we need a Pasuk to teach me that Bisar, even if there is um, Tsaras, you can remove it nonetheless. Fine. Um, fine. Rabbi Lesle, hi, Svara. But, okay, what, why didn't Abaye say like Rava? How come Abaye is saying it's a Dabr Shane Miskavin? Viha Abaye, Vrava Dami Tarvaya, Mudra Abshim Bipsigreshiv Layamos. Don't Abaye and Rava, right, we've seen this a thousand times, that Abaye and both, and Rava, both agree that Rabshimin is Moda, Rabshimin admits that when it comes to Psigreshiv, even though by Dabr Shane Miskavin says it's Mutter, he says that Psigreshiv Layamos is a problem. So why is Abaye talking about Dabr Shane Miskavin? Why isn't he saying Psigreshiv? Like Rava. So my answer is, well, when we say that both Abaye and Rava agree that Reb Shimon would say that a psikresh of Layamos is a problem, that was only after Abaye heard this concept from Rava, meaning we see over here that there was a point where Rava's opinion was psikresh, and Abaye didn't, hadn't heard it yet from Rava. Once Abaye heard it from Rava, of this, the, 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 this Indian of psikresh of Layamos, he said, ah, that's a great point, and from then on he held like Rava. Uh, and he agreed with Rava about Psikreshe, but this was before then, and therefore he was still considering it as a Dovrashe and a Miskavin. That's why he said that, um, he, was, he was understanding it as a Dovrashe and a Miskavin, and he says that the Pasuk is already there just for a Yehuda. Fine. There are those who actually explain this, ma- this exact machlokas between Abaye and Rava, about Dovrashe and a Miskavin and Psikreshe, on the following context. 
So the Pasuk says, be very careful, uh, be careful with tsaras, to guard and to do, right? And from that is how we learn out that you're not allowed to remove tsaras. Now it says, la'asos, right? It says, ma'od vila'asos. So la'asos iata ose, avalata ose, oso besiv shagabi raglo, uvmot shagabi ksefo, vim avra avra. So, the, this, um, right, so the Pasuk says that you're not allowed to remove the tsaras, but it says vila asos. And what the drasha is, is that you can't, you know, directly remove the tsaras. You can't just remove the tsaras from your skin, but what if you're schlepping something, and as you're schlepping something, uh, the, the, the tsaras gets rubbed off and gets removed, mimela. Well, in that case, it says, right, the Pasuk is saying, that it's okay. To do it is a problem. To remove it directly is a problem. But the Pasuk is saying that if it gets removed indirectly, i.e. if you're like, you know, you're carrying something on your shoulder and the tsaras that's on your shoulder gets removed, that would be acceptable. To which the Gemara says, Why do I need a Pasuk to teach me this? So right? If, if, the, if, the, if the thing gets rubbed off, well, then it's a davar shenu miskavin, and that would be mutter. Why do I need the pasuk to tell me that if this tsaras gets rubbed off, it would be acceptable? To which Abai says, well, this pasuk is really just needed for Abihudo, it says the davar shenu miskavin is aser. Okay? To which Rava says, and you can even argue that this pasuk is needed for Reb Shimon as well. However, this isn't a davar shenu miskavin; it's a psikreshe. Obviously, the tsaras is going to get removed, um, and therefore, I would think that you, that right that you wouldn't be able to, let's say, lift something, carry something, since it's going to remove the tsaras. And the pasuk says, actually, you can. Fine. Rabbi Leisle, I swear, Rabbi, Rabbi but why, why is Abai assuming that it's a Davashen Muscovin? Doesn't Abai agree with Rava that a Psigreshe Vilayamus is a problem? Wouldn't this be a Psigreshe? So the Vasa the Shavim Rava Savra, to which the Gemara answers, yeah, when we say that Abai agrees with Rava about a Psigreshe, it was after Abai heard it from Rava. When, when Abai was saying here that it's a Davashen Muscovin, it was before he heard from Rava about Psigreshe. So now the Gemara asks, So now, according to Abai, initially before Abai heard about Psigresha from Rava and decided to jump on the bandwagon with him, when he said that the Pasuk of Bissar, to say that you're allowed to do Brismila, even if it means that you're going to remove the um, Saras, and we said, Ah, but it's a Davashen Miskavin, shouldn't that be Mutter? So we said, Yeah, the Pasuk is only needed to for Rabbi Yehuda. Well then, According to Reb Shimon, why does the Pasuk exist? Why, why does the Pasuk exist? Why do I need Bissar to teach me that I could remove the Orla even when there's Tsaras? Obviously I can. It's, it's, it's Davashinim Skavin. Davashinim Skavin is Mutter. So Amr of Amram, Be'omer Lakuts Be'aroso Hu Miskavin. So it's talking about when he says that his, you know, uh, that, that, right, the, that his intention is to remove the Tsaras. But the thing is, that only really works for a, for, for, for a gadol. Meaning, if you have somebody who's more than 13 years old, and therefore he has an obligation to do bris mila, and 
he's also got saras. Um, so, and he's saying, look, I'm intending that when I do brismila now, that it, that, right, that I'm also going to be removing the tsaras. So, in that case, it's no longer Adavashen Muskavin. He's clearly intending to not only do brismila, but also remove the tsaras on his orla. So, in that case, how do I know that you can proceed with the brismila nonetheless? So, the answer is, well, the puzzle says bisar. But that only makes sense for a gadol. What about for a katan? Katan doesn't have da'as to say, you know, that, uh, you know, he's intending uh, to, to, to remove the, the, the tsaras. So, Omer of Mesharshib, Omer Avia Ben, Lakus Bayer's Divno, Ukam Miskavin. So the Gemara answers, well, if the, right, the, the, the chiyuv of Brismila for a minor, for a katan, for a baby is on the father. So if the father is doing the brismila and he's doing the brismila for his son and he says, look, not only am I intending to remove the orla, I'm also intending to remove the tsaras that's on the orla. And therefore, uh, in that case, it will be considered a davr shemiskavin. He's having kavana. And in that case, how do we know that the father is allowed to proceed with the brismila even when his intention is to remove the tsaras? The answer is, well, the puzzle says bisar, that you can even remove tsara'as. The Gemara still says, well, maybe you don't need the pasuk. Maybe you don't need the pasuk. According to Shimon, maybe you don't need the pasuk. Maybe, right, because after all, Davashen Muskavin is mutter. So what we could say is, so even if the father has kavana to remove the tsara'as, well then just let somebody else do the brismila. Let somebody else be the Moel. And that person won't be intending to remove the Tsaras. In which case, it'll be a Darvashen and Miskavin, and it'll be Mutter. Dharma Reb Shim Ben Lakish, Kesezab Shim Ben Lakish, Komakum Shata Motse, Asevilo Saise, Matriachu Lukayim Shnei Mutter, Vimlav Yavu Asev, Yidchelo Saise. Because, as Rish Lakish says, that even in a situation of Ase and Alotase, such as over here, there's a mitzvah Ase of Brismila, there's a mitzvah Alotase of do not remove the Tsaras. So you would say, right, that ase is dochelos ase, right? And you'd be able, so even if you do have kavana, even if the father does have kavana to remove the orla, right, and therefore it would be davar hamiskavin, he's having intention to remove the orla. And therefore that would be a problem, but nonetheless, you have the ase of brismila, it should be dochelota ase. But we say, that even in a situation where you could say so it would still be preferable to have to avoid that situation and just you know let's say in this case allow somebody else to do the brismila and you would have the and, and you you just wouldn't have to worry about the whole saras thing because it would be davashen miskavin is completely mutter and I don't need the pasuk to say bisar that I can remove the orla. So the answer is delek acher. Well, there is nobody else who can um, do the brismila, in which case, so that would be a davrashen miskavin. So over here, you the only person to do it is the father, and he's intending to do the uh, he's intending to remove the tsaras, and therefore the question is is that allowed? And we say, well, 
after all it says Bisar. So yes, it's fine, no problem. You can go ahead and do the brismila and remove the orla and the tsaras. Fine. Omar, we said earlier, Yom Tiv'ena Doche so we said earlier that brismila is only doche yomtev if it's happening bismana, if it's happening on the eighth day. If it's not happening on the eighth day, then it's not doche yomtev. How do we know this? Amar chizkia v'chintanet v'chizkia. Amar kra. So chizkia said it was also taught in the base measures of chizkia that the pasuk says lo sosiru menu ad boker, right? Vanosim menu ad boker beish tisrofu. It says by the korban pesach, do not leave the korban pesach over until the morning. And if you leave any of it over to the morning, well then you have to burn it. So the Pasuk didn't need to say two Adbokers, right? It says, It says Adboker twice. The question is why? Could you say it once? Just say, What's, what's with the second Adboker? What the Pasuk is saying is that you don't burn it on the following day, you burn it the day after that. Meaning, the Korban Pesach, the mitzvah is to do on the first night of Pesach. Now, if you leave over some of the Korban Pesach, uh, right, so the mitzvah is to eat it on the first night of, of Pesach. If you leave over from the Korban Pesach that, and you didn't eat all of it, and you left over till the morning, so now it's the first day of Pesach in the morning, so it says you have to burn it. Thing is, you don't burn it on Pesach. You don't burn it on the first day of Pesach on Yom Tif. Rather, you wait till the next morning, which is Cholamoid, and then you burn it. Because even though it's a mitzvah to burn this nosar, you're not going to, you know, it's not doche yomtiv to say that you can burn this nosar on yomtiv. Here also, even though it is a mitzvah, meaning we have the positive that says bayom ashmini, that on the eighth day it's doche Shabbos and, and certainly yomtiv. And however, if it's not on the eighth day, well then it's, it's just a regular mitzvah, just as much as burning nosar is a mitzvah. And that's not going to be doche yomtiv, wait till after yomtiv. Abai Amar, Amar Kra. The Pasuk says that you're allowed to do the Korban Ola of Shabbos. The Korban Tamar of Shabbos is Docha Shabbos. But if you have, let's say, um, you know, the Korban Tamar of Friday, you didn't, the Tamar Shabbat Nabayim of Friday, you didn't finish burning it um, before Shabbos. Well, you can't burn it on Shabbos. You also can't burn it on Yom Tif. So we see here that even when you have a mitzvah, right, it's not necessarily Docha Shabbos. So here also, Mila, um, Shalobizmana is not going to be Doche Shabbos, it's not going to be Doche Yamte. Rava Amar, Amar Kra, Hulavadu Yasalachem. It says in the, Rava says that it says in the context of Yamtiv, it says, right, only that which is, right, what, 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 what does the Pasuk say? Ach, Asher Yeachel Lechonef, Vishulavadu Yasalachem. Right, only that which is eaten can you do on Yamtiv. And it says, Right? When the puzzle says, It means it and not machshirin, right? Um, it is the right. Preparing food is Docha Shabbos, but not anything like you wouldn't be able to, let's say, like chop down a tree to, you know, get charcoal to make a fire, to make a knife so you can cut your food. You wouldn't be able to do that. And levado excludes uh, doing a bris not on time. That would not be doche yomtiv. The asim kavachomer because I might have the habmina to bring it from a kavachomer, right? To say, well, if uh, that if if bris mila is doche tsaraas, right, and tsaraas is doche avoda, 
Well, then it should be docha yomtiv. Don't say that. Rather say that mila uh, shlobazman is not docha yomtiv. Fine. Ravashi Omar Shabason Asei Hu Vavli Yomtiv Asei Velosa Asei Ve'ein Asei Doche Eslosaise Vasei. The he says that look Yomtiv is there's a mitzvah Asei and a mitzvah Losa Asei when it comes to Yomtiv, whereas Brismila is only an Asei and a uh, and and. And Asay is not Docha, Elo Sasay, and Asay. But however, of course, everybody agrees that Brismila Bismana, which we learn out by Yom Ashmini, is Docha both Shabbos and Yom Tif. Klal Amr Rabbi Akiva Vuchulei, and the Mishnah Rabbi Akiva said, look, we have a general rule. Only, right, if things can be done before Shabbos, well then they're not going to be Docha Shabbos. The Mila itself, the Brismila itself, has to be done on the eighth day, has to be done on Shabbos. So that could be, that's Docha Shabbos. But any of the Machshirin, Right, such as you know, bring the ismal to where the bris is going to be. That has to be done. Right, you can't do that on on, on Shabbos. Amr Rav Yudam Rav Alacha Rabbi Akiva. Rav Yudah says the name Rav Alacha Lemaisa is like Rabbi Akiva. Utnan Nami Gabi Pesach. Now we also have a very similar thing when it comes to Korban Pesach. Ki Agavna in the same way. Klal Amr Rabbi Akiva. Komalacha Shev Shalala Asosam Erev Shabbos. Ene Dochas a Shabbos. Only um, right, right, right. So any Malacha. With regard to the pre- preparation of the Korban Pesach that could have been done before Shabbos, is not going to be Docha Shabbos. Shechita she'ev she'lasosim erev Shabbos Docha is a Shabbos, right? When 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 erev Pesach falls out on a Shabbos and you have to shech the Korban Pesach on Shabbos, so the Shechita itself, which you can't do the day before Shabbos, you can't do it on the thirteenth of Nisan, it has to be done on the fourteenth. So the Shechita itself can happen. On Shabbos, but anything else, such as bringing the korban pesach from outside of Tchum Shabbos, anything like that, that would not be allowed to be done on Shabbos. And there as well, Rav Yudah says the name Rav that the halacha is like Rabbi Kiva Utsricha. And the question is, why do we need both? Why do we need to teach us that um, in the context of Brismila that only the mila itself can be done on Shabbos, but not any of the machshirin? And how come by korban pesach we have the same thing that only only the shechita of the korban pesach itself can be done on Shabbos, but not any of the other meta kind of things? Because if we would only have this over here by Mila, let's say that the Mila itself is Docha Shabbos, but not any of the Machshirin. Hasamu, the Machshirin, Efshel Asos Me Esmol, Lodach Shabbos, like a Karis, of a Pesach Tikka Karis, Emelit Shabbos. That if we would only have Mila and say that Bris Mila is Docha Shabbos, but not any of, them, any of the Machshirin, well, I would say that's because, you know, when it comes to doing um, a brismila bismana on Shabbos, well, there's no chiyuv kares over here, right? This child is not going to be chayiv kares if the brismila doesn't happen today, and neither will the father. And therefore, since there's no chiyuv kares, um, that is why if you didn't, let's say, bring the ismal, or you know, if for whatever reason there's this meta stuff that is preventing the brismila from happening, well. Sorry, you should have done it before Shabbos and, and you can't do the bris milah today. There's no chiyuv karis or anything like that. However, I might think that when it comes to Korban Pesach, where I've got one day to shech this Korban Pesach and if I don't offer the Korban Pesach, I'm chayv karis. Well, I might think, well, if I didn't, let's say, bring the, the, the animal from outside of the Tchum Shabbos, well, maybe I would be allowed to, you know, do these meta kind of things for the Korban Pesach to prevent myself from being chayv karis. So that is why we also needed... Um, 
that is why we also needed to teach by Korban Pesach that there as well you would not be able to bring those, uh, you know, do those meta malachas um, even though there's a chiv of karis. And if we would only teach by Korban Pesach that the Shechita itself is able to be done on Shabbos, but not any of the meta stuff. So, that's only because Korban Pesach doesn't have 13 brises by it. However, by Brismila, where there were 13, it says bris 13 times by Brismila, so I might think that maybe the meta things would even be able to be docha Shabbos, so you can do the Brismila on time on Shabbos. Uh, that is why you need to teach both by Korban Pesach and by Brismila that only the Shechita or the Brismila respectively would be Docha Shabbos but none of the Meta kind of stuff. Says the Mishnah, You can do all of the steps of the Brismila on Shabbos. Mo'alin, you could remove the Orla. Ufortin, apparently uh, there, there's like some kind of membrane that is under the foreskin so you also have to kind of pull that back. So that is done on Shabbos as well. Umotisen, you have to draw the blood. Now, the Gemara and the Mishnah doesn't really go into detail about how this blood is drawn, but I think, right, there's that concept of mitzitza bepeh, of kind of drawing the blood. The moil draws the blood using his mouth. Now, um, there, yeah, that's like a whole sugya of how can we do that in the most sort of sanitary and proper way. Um, but that is mitzitza, and that can be done on Shabbos as well. And then on the wound, you can apply a bandage as well as cumin. I guess cumin was some kind of, um, um, uh, I guess would be good for the wound. <clears throat> Interesting. If he didn't, gra- if he didn't grind up uh, the cumin from Arab Shabbos, well, he can grind it up with his teeth and then apply that to the wound. Okay, hopefully he's uh, using Listerine or something first. Lois Bishinov, fine, Venosein, and then he can, um, apply it to the wound. Also, I guess, uh, I think some kind of like good, um, um, uh, I forget what the word is, but something that they would apply to the wound, um, it was good to like mix together oil and wine, and they would apply that to the wound. So, but if you didn't mix it together before Shabbos, so then you can just kind of pour them together, and whatever gets mixed on its own gets mixed. Fine period. Now, there would be some kind of special bandage that they would use uh, to, to apply to the wound. So, if they didn't have that special kind of bandage that they would wrap around the wound, so then you can kind of just use a regular rag. But you wouldn't prepare this kind of special bandage on Shabbos. Now, if you didn't um, prepare this bandage from before Shabbos, now I'm not sure if it's talking about just any kind of bandage, like any kind of rag or something, or maybe this like specific kind of bandage that they would use. But if he didn't, you know, take it with him from Erev Shabbos, well, then he can just kind of wrap it around his finger and he can, maybe it's talking about that specific kind of bandage. Because that's like the chilek, but that's like the idea of the finger. Maybe because like the finger in a certain sense is kind of like a penis. And then you can take this specific bandage that was specific to put um, on the wound on the penis. You can kind of like uh, put it on your finger maybe and take that uh, with you kind of like a garment on Shabbos. Yeah, I think maybe that's Pshat. Okay. Okay, says the Gemara. Mechte, katani kulu kol So the Mishnah said kol 
all um, aspects of the brismila are able to be done on Shabbos. Now, whenever you know the Mishnah or whenever it says kol, it's a klal. It's coming to include other things. So the question is, what exactly, which steps of the brismila were excluded, were not listed in the Mishnah that it needed to make this general rule of like all aspects of brismila can be done on Shabbos? What's it coming to include that it didn't list? Apparently, I mean, it seems to have listed everything, right? The mila, the priya, the mitzitzah, everything. So, so it's coming to include the, um, what we talk about in the following price, which is Amal, Kozmanshu Oseg Bemila, Choser Benal Atitan Amakvin, Esamila Benal Atitan Shein Makvin Esamila. The Mohel, as long as he is performing the Brismila, as long as he is in the middle of doing it, well then he can, so apparently there are certain parts of the foreskin, there are certain parts of the Orla that must be removed. But there are other parts that uh, if they're not removed, it's not the end of the world. So we say, look, as long as he is still doing, he's in the act of doing the brismila, well then, whether it's the parts of the orla that would be ma'ak of the brismila, or whether it's the parts of the orla that wouldn't be ma'ak of the brismila, you can nonetheless remove whatever you got to remove while you're still in the process of doing the brismila. Peresh, once he's done, and he, you know, is, is, yeah, he stops performing the bris mila. Well, then, well, once he's already done doing the bris mila, well, if he notices after afterwards that there are parts of the orla that he needs to remove that he didn't remove, well, then he can go back and remove them. But if he notices afterwards that there are parts of the orla that he didn't remove that he would have wanted to remove, but they're not necessarily ma'akev, the bris mila, it doesn't invalidate the bris mila, well, then, um, once he finished kind of once he's already uh, removed all of the parts of the oil that must re- be removed and he thought that he was done, he can't now start again and 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 to remove the parts that wouldn't, uh, you know, that even if they're not removed, the bris would still be um, um, valid. So that is what it means, kol, right? So it says kol tzarkimila, it means that when he's in the middle of still uh, doing, and he's in the process of doing the bris, so he can remove even the things that aren't ma'akev, the mila, he can remove even those things. And that's what is included. Even the tzitzin that are not ma'akev, the mila. Man tana, perish eno choser. So now the Gemara wants to know, who is this tana? Who is the teacher that would hold that um, that once the mohel is done doing the bris mila, he would not be able to go back for parts of the orla that would not be ma'akev, the bris mila. Amr Abba Baba Khan, Amr Biochnan, Rabbi Shmabno, Shabiochnan, and Brokei. So says Rabbi Baba Khan and then Rabbi Yochanan, that the Tanu who teaches that is Rabbi Shmabno, Shabiochnan, and Brokei, as we saw. The Tanya, as we learned of Kufta Zainam and Bez. Arba also Shachalios Bishabis. If the 14th of Nisan, if Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, Mavshitta is a Pesach, Adechazit, Rabbi Shmabno, Shabiochnan, and Brokei, and Chacham Ob Mavshitin Eskula. So, when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, so according to Rabbi Shmabno Shabiochnam and Broka, you can only slit the Korban Pesach until the chest, and then you remove whatever things have to go on the Mizbeah, and that's it. You cannot go back and continue to slit the, um, the hide and remove the hide, i.e., you can just do whatever the mitzvah is, and once you're done with that, you don't go back for, you know, other parts that are not required. 
according to the Chachamim. Now, as Rashi points out, even according to the Chachamim, you're first slitting down to the chest, and then you're removing the, the, the Emurim. The, and they say that even once you remove the Emurim, you can then go back and continue to remove the rest of the hide. So we see that according to them, even once you've done what, what is necessary for the mitzvah and you've stopped doing it, i.e. you've slipped down to the chest and you've now taken out the imurim, they say nonetheless you can go back and just continue and remove the rest of the hide even though it's not part of the mitzvah. Rabbi Shemabu no however, seems to be saying that once you've slipped down to the chest and you've removed the imurim, you don't need to remove any more hide as part of the mitzvah. Well, then you cannot continue. So here also, he would be the one who says that once you've removed the required parts of the orla and you've stopped doing the mila, you thought you were done, you can't go back now to continue just to remove parts of the orla that wouldn't be ma'akiv, that you don't need to remove as part of the mitzvah. But the Gemara says, Mimai. Who says that Rabbi Shema Benosh, Rabbi Yochanan Broka would, would say that when it comes to brismila, you're not allowed to go back to remove the, 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 the parts that aren't re- strictly required? The Gemara says something interesting, which is, well, there's a difference between Korban Pesach and Brismila. By Brismila, Brismila is a mitzvah, and we want to do the mitzvah the most beautiful way. This is my God, and I will make him beautiful. And we, we, as we're going to learn in Hebrides in a second, that we want to do mitzvahs in the most beautiful way. And therefore, when it comes to brismila also, we want to remove every part of the orla that might be less of a mitzvah minamudar, less beautiful. So therefore, I might think that even though Rabbi Yishmael, ben Yochanan ben Broka says that um, I would not be able to go back and continue to remove the hide of the Korban Pesach, that's because there's no, you know, removing, continuing to remove the hide is not going to make the Korban any more beautiful. You already took the Emurim and put them, out, put them on the Mizbeach, right? At this point, you're just removing the hide so that you can eat the meat later. But when it comes to Brismila, if there are parts of the Orla that haven't been removed, and even if they might not necessarily be Me'akev, you might not be required to remove them, but their existence there makes the Mitzvah, makes the Brismila less beautiful, less good, so therefore, maybe Rabbi Shema Banosh Rabbi Yochanan ben Morocco would say that you would be able to go back and remove those tzitzin she'en and ma'akvin. Ditanya, as we learn in Abraisa, Zekeli ve'anveu, it's not the fun of the mitzvos. That it says, this is my God and I will glorify him, I will make him beautiful. It means that make the mitzvos beautiful. I say the fun of sukkah na'e, make a beautiful sukkah, v'lulav na'e, a beautiful lulav, v'shofar na'e, tzitzis na'e, Sefer Torah Noeh. What does it mean to have a beautiful Sefer Torah? Uchsovo, write in it the Shmo. You should write um, the 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 let. You should write it in his name. Bidio Noeh with beautiful ink. Bekumus Noeh with a beautiful um, quill. Belavler Uman. You should get a an expert um, scribe. Vikorcho Bishirain. Then you should wrap up the Torah in uh, in in beautiful in beautiful cloths. Right Bishirain Noeh. Abishol has a different take on Zekel Mabeu. The Anveu Abe Domelo. Anveu is like Anivaho. It's like me and him. You should be similar to God. Mahuchan and Vrachum, just like he's merciful. Afataye Khan and Vrachum, you should also be merciful. Okay. So we see that at least according to the Tanakama, 
means that we want to do mitzvahs beautifully. So maybe even Rabbi Shmuel Ben Rabbi Yochanan would admit that when it comes to Brismila, you would be able to go back for the Tzitzin She'enan Ma'akvin even once uh, you have completed removing the parts of the Orla that are strictly required. El Amr of Ashi, rather says Rav Ashi, Hamani Rabbi Yossi, who is the author of our, uh, of this Brisa, who says that you don't go back for the Tzitzin She'enan Ma'akvin, it is Rabbi Yossi, the Tnan, as we learn in the Mishnah, so this is a Mishnah by Rosh Hashanah. Well, no, well, it's a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, but it's by Kiddush HaChodesh. That what would happen is, people would see the new moon, and when they would see the new moon, they would go to Yerushalayim and testify that they saw the new moon, and then it would be a new month. So, the Mishnah says that if, what if it's Shabbos, and you have to go, let's say, from outside the Tchum Shabbos to Yerushalayim, in order to testify that you saw the moon. So the Tanakhama says, whether you clearly saw the moon, and if you clearly saw it, saw the moon, the Mistama in Jerusalem, they also clearly saw the moon, and you know, maybe you can argue that you don't have to be Michal Shabbos to go from outside of the Tchum to Yerushalayim to testify that you saw the moon. I mean, if it's, if it's a clear sighting of the moon, then you can assume that people in Yerushalayim also saw it. So nonetheless though, the Tanakhama says, whether you clearly saw it, or whether maybe it was uh, not necessarily so clear, but, um, so maybe not other people saw it. You think that maybe you have a certain edge, a certain angle to the story. So whether it was clear, whether it was not clear, you can still go to Yerushalayim, um, even if it's on Shabbos. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Whereas Rabbi Yossi says, no, if you saw it bi'alil, if it's clear that there is a new moon, and you can also assume that people in Yerushalayim, people closer who wouldn't have to travel from outside of the Tchum Shabbos also saw it, which, re- which means that there's really no need for you to be um, going to Yerushalayim to testify since, you know, you can assume that other people within the Tchum Shabbos are already testifying. So Rabbi Yossi says you would not be able to be Michal Shabbos to go and testify. So we want to say that the same thing applies here, right? That just like by, um, by Kiddush HaChodesh, if there's really no need to be doing um, this mitzvah, or to be doing what you're doing, so you wouldn't be Mechal Shabbos here also. Once you've already finished doing the bris milah, and then you notice that there are tzitzin she'en and ma'akvin, parts of the orla that do not need to strictly be removed, well then I can't now start, you know, I can't now go back and, you know, kind of restart doing the milah just for, and be Mechal Shabbos for these things that aren't ma'akev, for these things that don't need to be done. The Gemara says, maybe, um, maybe it's not Rabbi Yossi. Dilma adkan lo ka'am Rabbi Yossi asum to lo nitna Shabbos lidchos. Maybe the only reason why Rabbi Yossi says by um, Kiddush HaChodesh that the people would not come to Yerushalayim and be Mechal Shabbos to travel from outside the Tchum because in that case you haven't, you haven't started being Mechal Shabbos, right? Meaning the point is you see the moon, now you're asking yourself, should I be Mechal Shabbos in order to, 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 to go to Yerushalayim and tell them? Rabbi says, no, don't be Mechal Shabbos because, um, because you can assume that other people already are testifying, so don't be Mechal Shabbos. But here by Bismillah, did Shabbos lidchos hachinami. But over here, by Bismillah, you are already being Docha Shabbos. You've already done the Mila. You've already removed the parts of the Orla that are Ma'ake. So the question is, can you now go back to, you know, finish up and remove the parts of the Orla that are not Ma'akev? Well, maybe Rabbi Yossi would say, sure. At this case, you know, it's not considered like a brand new sort of Chil Shabbos or pushing off of Shabbos, you've already been Docha Shabbos for the Mila 
for the parts of the orla that are ma'akev. So maybe Rabbi Yossi would say over here that you can also then continue and remove the parts of the orla that are not ma'akev. So I'm Ela Amrin Ardai, rather than Ardai, say, the Pligi Ale, Rabbanu the Pligi Ale de Rabbiosi. Rather, it is the rabbis, you know, the author of this brisa that says that once you've completed removing the parts of the orla that are ma'akev and you stop doing the brismila and now you want to go back to continue to, to remove the parts of the orla that are not ma'akev, well, and we say that you're not allowed to do that, that is the rabbis who argue on Rabbiosi in the following Mishnah. The Tanan is we learn in the Mishnah and Menachis. Arba Kuanim Nechnasin. Shnaim biadam shnei sedarim. Shnaim biadam shnei bazichin. This is talking about when they would change the um, lechem upon him every Shabbos, right? In the um, heichal, there were uh, there was the shulchan. On the shulchan, there were twelve loaves of bread, and every Shabbos they would change the twelve loaves of bread. Now, in the shulchan, there were two stacks of six loaves of bread each, and on top of these two stacks there was a spoon full of um, incense, frankincense. So this Mishnah is describing the process of how they would switch out the breads every Shabbos and also replace the frankincense. So it says that there would be four Kohan, four Kohanim would go into the Heichal. Two of them were carrying um, a stack of six loaves each and two of them were carrying a spoonful of frankincense, one each, right, one one of the, each of the two. So there were four people, two of them carrying bread, two of them carrying frankincense. And there would be four Kohanim who would, who would precede them. They would walk in front of them. Two of those four people walking in front of them were walking in front of them in order to um, remove the current breads that are there, right? One for each of the stacks. And then also another two, one would take each of the um, two spoonfuls of Frankincense. So the people who are coming to um, replace, right, to, to, to provide the new bread, they would stand in the north of the Azara facing the south. And the people who were removing the current breads, they would stand in the south of the Azara facing north. So the, um, the, now the pasuk says lefanai tamid that you have to have the lechem upon him before me always. Okay, that there should always be bread on the shulchan, and because there should always be bread on the shulchan, what they do is basically the people um, putting in the new bread, they slide in the new bread as the people taking out the old bread are removing the old breads. So that should that there should never be any point where there's no bread on the shulchan. Whereas Rabbi Yossi Omer afilu elu notnim veelu manichin avze. Haya Tamid. Whereas Rabbi says, no, you don't have to be so, 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 you know, uh, I don't know, detailed like that, whatever. You're like, you don't, mamish have to be sliding in the new breads as you're sliding out the old bread, old breads that should, there should mamish literally never be an instant where there's no bread on the shulchan. No, Rabbi says, look, even if you remove the, the old breads and then replace them with the new breads, even if there's a period of time in the middle where there's no, bread on the table, it's still considered tamid. It's still considered like there's always bread there as long as it doesn't go overnight without any bread on there. But as long, you know, to go a little bit of time and then replace them is fine. So now we want to apply that here to Mila, right? That ha- that when we say that, that the Mohel stopped um, doing the Mila and now he wants to go back to do the Tzitzin She'en and Me'akvin, so do we consider it as if Imamish stopped? So according to the Rabbanan, yes. 
as we see by the lechem upon him, even one instant without the lechem upon him on the shulchan would be considered a hefsek and it wouldn't be tamid. Um, so here also, when the moel stops doing the mila, well then, um, it's considered a break. And now when he goes back, to do the tzitzin she'en and me'akvin, it's considered like he's starting a new process, and you can't start this new sort of chilil shabes for this tzitzin she'en and me'akvin, for the parts of the orla that wouldn't render the mila invalid. Uh, whereas Abiyosi says, no, uh, just, you know, a, a small break is not considered a real break, and therefore when the mohel goes back for the tzitzin she'en and me'akvin, it's ke'ilu, it's still part of the original mila, it's part of the process of the mila that he had started at the beginning, and that would be acceptable. So we see, that the author of this b'risa that says that once the mohel stops, he cannot now go back to restart in order to remove the tzitzin she'en and ma'akvin are these rabbis that argue on Rabbi Yossi by lechem upon him. Fine. Tanu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught, mehalktin esamila v'imlo hilaket anushkaris. So the rabbis taught in the b'risa that, you know, if you missed part of the orla that is ma'akev the bris, that if you don't remove these parts of the orla, the bris is invalid, and it's considered like this person does not have a bris mila. So you have to go back and 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 remove those parts of the orla that are ma'akev. And if you don't do this, you're going to be chayev karis. So the question is money. Who's chayev karis? The mohel, the 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 person who is getting circumcised. Who's chayev karis? Amr of Kana Uman. Kana says it's the mohel. If the mohel does not remove the parts of the orla that are ma'akiv the mila, he's chayv kars. The question is why? Maskiflara papa. So, okay, so, so it's talking about on Shabbos, right? Meaning, so it's talking about if it's Shabbos, okay? If it's Shabbos and the mohel does the bris mila, but he doesn't really do a complete job. There's still parts of the orla left that need to be removed. So, Rivkana wants to say, if that's the case, well then, the mohel was machal Shabbos, he made a chabura on Shabbos, and yet he didn't, wasn't makayim a mitzvah. He didn't remove the parts of the orla that need to be removed. So therefore, the mohel is going to be chayiv karis according to Rav Kahana. Maskeflor Papa. Rav Papa asked the kashim Rav Kahana. Uman lemelu. Let the mohel say to them, "I'm not chayiv karis. Ona avdi palga the mitzvah. Atun avdi su palga the mitzvah." He could say, "Look, I didn't do anything wrong. Look, I mean, you know, the, the meal is going to have to start somewhere." There's going to be a point where you've done part of the mitzvah, but you haven't completed the mitzvah. And therefore, you know, the, the, the mohel can argue, look, I started the mitzvah. You guys finish it. So, so he could say, look, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just the one to start the mitzvah. I need somebody else to finish it. But in what I did, there wasn't anything inherently wrong in what I did. So, El Amar Papa Gadol. So rather, a Papa suggests that no, who's Chayv Karis? We're talking about that if this is a Gadol, if this is um, a boy who's 13 years old or older, and now it's his mitzvah to make sure that he gets circumcised. So in the event that there was parts of the Orla that were left that are Ma'akev, well, he's going to be Chayv Karis. But Maskefler of Ashi, of Ashi Asakashim of Papa, he says, Gadol Behedjik but the fact that a, 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 a gadol is going to be chayiv kares if he still has an orla, I mean, we already know that from the pasuk of I know that obviously a gadol that has an orla is going to be chayiv kares if he doesn't get a brismila. So why? So so what's the chiddush over here of the brisa? 
So Rashi says, no, it is talking about the Mohel being Chayv Kares for being Mechal Shabbos, if he doesn't do the complete job. It's talking about where the Mohel shows up. It's a, it's a Shabbos. And it's the eighth day of the baby's life and they have to do the bris milah. The thing is the Mohel shows up right before Ben Hashemashos. Right before the end of Shabbos. And they try to tell the Mohel, look, you're not going to have enough time to complete the bris milah before Shkia. And if you don't have time to, to complete the bris milah before Shkia, well then, all you're going to do is basically make a chabura without being makayim the mitzvah of bris milah. And therefore, you're going to be chayiv The avad, but he ignored them, and he did it anyways. Lo istapik, and sure enough, there wasn't enough time. Vishdikach the chabura u the avad v'anush kares. And so what are you left with? A chabura. Basically, you have this guy came, he made a chabura, did the malacha, uh, you know, he did a malacha of making a chabura on Shabbos. He wasn't makayim the mitzvah of milah, because he didn't complete it until until um, after ben Ashm- uh, until after Shkia, therefore he's going to be Chayev Karis. That is what we are talking about. It says the Mishnah Motzim The Mishnah said that you are uh, that 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 you draw the blood from the wound on Shabbos. Says our Papa, if you have a Mohel who doesn't do Metzitzah, who doesn't draw the blood as part of the as the third step in the Bris Milah. So then we, we, you know, we remove him from being a mohel because he's not doing the mitzvah. Pshita, obviously. I mean, if he's not doing mitzvah, he's skipping a step of the, of the bris milah process. So, no, obviously he needs to do the mitzvah because from the fact that we're able to be mechalal Shabbos in order to do mitzvah, Right from the fact that we say that you're allowed to be mechalal Shabbos in order to uh, in order to do mitzitzah, obviously it's considered something that's a sakana. Right, the assumption was that if you don't draw out the blood from the wound, somehow there can be a clot there and that could be dangerous. Therefore, you need to draw out the blood, and it's even docha Shabbos. You can even do the mitzitzah on Shabbos. So clearly, it's an important part of the mitzvah of bris milah. And if you have a moral who's not doing that, um then we're going to have him not be moral anymore. No, I may have thought to say that actually, you're not actually mechalal Shabbos to do this mitzitzah to, to, to draw the blood, right? When the Mishnah says that you can do mitzitzah on Shabbos, it's, right, you're not, it's because you're not actually being mechalal Shabbos in order to do the mitzitzah, that the dam, the blood is already, you know, out of the wound and you're just drawing it and therefore you're not being mechalal Shabbos. And therefore, you know, it's not something that, um, you know, meaning your argument that obviously, um, if you have a moral who's not doing mitzitzah, then he's not doing, you know, th- then we have to remove him because he's, he's skipping a step that is a sakana that, right, that needs to be done. And if you don't do it, it's dangerous for the baby. Well, that argument isn't necessarily a good argument because I might have a half minute to say that actually the reason why you can do mitzitzah on Shabbos, it's not because that, you know, you, well, because if you don't do it, uh, it's going to be dangerous for the baby and therefore Mechal Shabbos. No. Rather, I might think that the dam is already released from the, from the wound and therefore it's not, you don't have to Mechal Shabbos. It's not like you're creating a Chabura in order to draw the blood. And therefore, um, that is why you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. But it's not like, uh, you know, the blood was already, you know, kind of there and it's not going to be Ma'akev, 
the mila. It's just something that's good to be done. So kamash malan chabui mechaber. No. So therefore, uh, what Reb Papa is teaching us is that actually, it's considered that the dam hasn't yet left the wound until you dry it out with the mitzitzah. Viduma this bilanes vichamun, and it's as and it's as important as applying a bandage and applying a you know like a, a, a cumin to heal the wound, and therefore my bilanes vichamun kilo avit sakanahu. Just like the bandage and the cumin, if you do not apply them, it is dangerous for the baby. Here also, if you don't do the mitzitzah, um, it is dangerous for the baby. And therefore, if you have a moel who's not doing mitzitzah, so we recommend that he shouldn't be a moel anymore. Or that at least he should do mitzitzah. Venosun aleh is pilanis, and we also apply a bandage to the wound on Shabbos. Amr Abai, Amr Li'aim. Abai says that his mother told him. Now Abai was an orphan, so I think generally this is understood as, as his like uh, nurse. Is pilanisa dechulon keve. If you want to create a bandage for any type of uh, wound, shev minai taiba v'chad akira. What you should do is you should have seven parts fat and one part wax. Rava Amr Kira v'kaba. Rava said it's actually um, wax and some kind of a resin. Drasha Rava be Mechoza. Rava made a drasha in Mechoza. Karinu b'nei minyome asya lemanayu. So Rava actually um, exposed this secret in Mechoza that if you want a really good ointment, just make sure that it's um, made up of uh, wax and resin. To which the doctors of Mechoza uh, got very upset because their secret was out and now people wouldn't necessarily need to come to them for their magic doctoring. So... Amr lehu, Rabbi said to them, don't worry guys, shavke lichuchada, I still left you another secret that I didn't expose. Amr Shmuel, haiman demashi ape v'lonagiv tuva, that Shmuel, who we know is a doctor, said that if a person washes his face, but he doesn't dry it very well, niktru lei chaspanyasa, then he can get uh, like boils. My takante, had you fix that, limshe tuva b'mayi desilko, well then just wash your face very well with uh, like uh, water that beets were cooked in, and then uh, your boils will go away from your face. So Rava says, look, I didn't tell people that secret, so don't worry, people will still need you. Okay, very good. Wow, there was a lot on that page. Let us uh, review it. So the Daf started off asking, how come we need a Pasuk for, um, to say that Saras is Dochamila? Because after all, it is a Davashenu Miskavin. So Abayi says, well, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Davashenu Miskavin is Osir. So therefore, that's why I need a Pasuk to teach me that uh, Mila is Dochat Saras. Um, and according to Reb Shimon, says Abaye, it could be talking about a situation where um, the, either the Gadol or the father had intention to remove the Tsaras, in which case it is a, it's no longer the Roshayim Miskavin. Rava says, look, it's a Psigresh of Yamos. That um, by removing the Orla, you're going to necessarily be removing the Tsaras. And therefore, I need a Pasuk to say that that's acceptable. Uh, what's the source that Mila Shalob you cannot do on uh, Yom Tif? So Chizgiyah says, well, we're learning out from Nosar. It's just like Nosar, you have a mitzvah to burn, but you can't burn it on Yom Tif. So here also, Bismila Shalob is just a mitzvah. And you can't be Docha Shabbos for, you know, even just for mitzvahs. You have to wait till, uh, well, Docha Shabbos, but also Docha Yom Tif for these, um, for this mitzvah. Abai says, it's Ola Shabbos B'Shabato, right? And not the Ola of Friday on, on, uh, on Shabbos or not Erev Yom Tif on Yom Tif. Right, meaning that, that uh, you can't do other mitzvahs that would be doche, right, that would uh, be machal Shabbos or Yomtif on uh, Yomtif. So therefore you can't do bismillah shalom bismana on Yomtif. Of course, if it's bismana, then we know from Bayom Ashmini that it would be doche Shabbos and Yomtif. 
Rava says uh, from the pasuk, it says that by Ochan Nefesh, it says who levado yeyasalachim. So it says who and not machshirin uh, of the prep, food preparation and levado to exclude a milah shlobizmana is not tochi yomtiv. Rav Ashi says. Well, Yomtiv is an Asay and a Los Asay. So therefore, the Asay of Mila is not going to be Doche, the Asay and Los Asay of Yomtiv. Then we get into the um, discussion of Tzitzin HaMe'akvin uh, and Tzitzin She'enan Me'akvin. Right? Parts of the Orla that if you do not remove them, well, then the um, Brismila will be considered invalid. And this person will be considered that they don't have a Brismila. And, and then there's also parts of the Orla that you know, it would be nice to remove them, but they're not me'akev, okay? So, and we didn't get into detail about what exactly that means, but for now, we just know that there are parts of the order that are me'akev and parts that are not. So, we said that as long as the mohel on Shabbos is in the middle of doing the bris milah, well then he can remove both the tzitzin ha'ma'akev and the tzitzin she'en and And Once he stops doing the bris milah, well then he can only remove, uh, well he can only now go back if there are tzitzin she'ma'akevin. Uh, but if there are tzitzin she'en and ma'akvin, he wouldn't be able to go back just for those. So the question, whose opinion is that? So initially we wanted to say that it's Rabbi Shema b'no Shabbi Yochanan ben Baruchah, since he says that when you're removing the um, emurin from the Korban Pesach, when um, Erev Pesach is on Shabbos, he says, look, you can only slit up to the chest, remove the emurin, and you can't move any further. So maybe the, he would say over here as well, he can only remove the tzitzin she'en ma'akvin, but once um, he stopped, he can't go back for the tzitzin she'en and ma'akvin. Uh, to which we said, yeah, but maybe it's different because by Bismillah there is, uh, we want to do the mitzvah as beautifully as we can. And there, because of Zekele Mabeu. So then we suspect, then we, then we suggested, well, maybe it's Rabbi Yossi, who says that if, um, you clearly saw the moon on Shabbos, you wouldn't be able to travel to Jerusalem to, uh, testify about it because you can assume that people in Jerusalem already testified, already saw it and testified about it. So then there's no reason to be Michal Shabbos for it. Here also there's no reason to now make her identity Michal Shabbos for this Tzitzin She'enan Me'akvin. To which we said that maybe Mila is different because you already started, you already Michal Shabbos for the Tzitzin, you know, to remove the Orla, the Tzitzin Me'akvin. So therefore, um, maybe then you would be able to continue and remove the Tzitzin She'enan Me'akvin. And in the end, we said that it's the opinion of the rabbis um, f- who argue on Rabbi Yossi when it comes to Lechem Apanim, that they say, you know, they're all, it says, right, the Lechem Apanim needs to be the Fanai Tamid, it has to always be in front of me. So they say, in order to make sure that the Lechem Apanim is always on the Shulchan, well, you have to be removing um, the last week's breads as you're, you know, replacing them with this week's bread, so there's never any instant when there is um, no bread on the Shulchan. Uh, whereas Rabbi says, no, it can even go some time without bread, it's not the end of the day, just don't go, it's not the end of the world, just don't go overnight without any bread. So here also, the Chacham would be the ones to say that once the Moel stopped doing the Mila, well then, it's considered like it's over. Any hefsake is enough to consider, you know, to break up the, the continuity. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to go back for the Tzitz and Shein and Ma'akvin. Then uh, we said, what happens if um, the Mohel did not remove the Tzitz and Ma'akvin, right? If he didn't properly remove the Orla. So then we have a bride that says you're going to be Chayv Kars. The question is, who's Chayv Kars? So Rav, Rav Kana said it's the Mohel. Because it's talking about on Shabbos, and the Moel um, removed part of the Orla, but not all of it. So he basically just was Machal Shabbos. He made a Chabura, but he didn't actually do any mitzvah. Rabbi Papa says, yeah, but let the Moel argue that he started the mitzvah. Let somebody else finish it. So rather, Rabbi Papa says, it's talking about a Gadol. It's talking about a Gadol who has a Chiv to make sure that he is circumcised. So if um, there are Tzitzin Ma'akvin that are left, well, then he's going to be Chayv Karis. To which Rabbi Ashi says, yeah, but we, have, we already have a Pasuk that tells us that if a Gadol doesn't um, 
have a brismila is going to be chayv karis. So rather says Rav Ashi, it is talking about the mall being chayv karis, and it's talking about when he shows up on Shabbos right before Shkia, and he, he argues that there's enough time to do the brismila, but there really isn't. So he starts doing the brismila, but he doesn't manage to finish it before it's already Shkia on Shabbos. And therefore, meaning at the end of Shabbos, therefore he basically just made a chabura on Shabbos without actually doing a mitzvah. That's why he's chayv karis. Friends, that was Daf Kuflam and Gimel of Masech Shabbos. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day or night or whatever.